We'll look into the book of Acts, chapter 26, verses 19 and 20. Acts 26, 19 and 20. And we find the Apostle Paul once again standing in the courtroom for the cause of Christ. And these are the words he spoke. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles, and that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Paul, in all of his presentation and defense of the gospel of Christ, went through, went from trial to trial, personally and actual courtrooms. He went, we see where he's, three largest ones perhaps, or when he stood and spoke with the governor Felix, an ungodly man in every sense of the word, but even then, a man like that shook under conviction as Paul laid out the gospel. Paul was convinced. He, he led your, uh, um, was before Festus, the governor that followed Felix. He was a better man and he tried hard to, to release Paul. Then of course, in here, this account, he ends up before the king Agrippa, who had a tremendous grip on the Jews' way of belief, their understanding, and he even had the power and the authority to place the high priest, appoint him in Jerusalem. So he was savvy on it all. A phrase that Paul used here is a unique one. It said, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Heavenly vision. That's quite a selection of words. We know that Paul was a chosen vessel. He was chosen. God himself declared that he is a chosen vessel unto me, though he fought the church of God horrendously. They feared him tremendously and rightfully so, but he was a chosen vessel. And he was chosen by God to pro- proclaim he was so steeped in the Jewish law. So once he understood the gospel, he knew how to portray it, and he did it with zeal. And so he, uh, he portrayed the, laid out the plan of salvation. He wrote most of the epistles, the letters in the church, or in the Bible, to the, many of the churches and in, even individuals. And so we would say a chosen vessel. Well, Paul is in a total different category than I am. Rightfully said. Justifiably so. That would be true. However, the, the heavenly vision is not a phrase just, it's not just a Paul the Apostle item. Don't write that off and say, oh, that's something way out there that was only for Paul. No, not this. He caught the heavenly vision, what the gospel was. 
He saw what it really was, what it meant, and that every man and woman needed it desperately. He caught this heavenly understanding, this heavenly vision. The, the, and so, uh, yes, he was struck down on the road to Damascus with this tremendous light, incredible light. He called it brighter than the noonday sun. He was struck to the ground and it took his eyesight. But that is not the heavenly vision that he's talking about here. He shared that in this address to King Agrippa, that that was that heavenly light that God got his attention. And he declared to him at that time who he was. But then he was led away for three days as a blind man into Damascus, hardly the way he intended to enter Damascus. He went there breathing threatenings and slaughter to the people of God. But he went there led as just a puppy, a a blind man, and was there alone for three days and fasted, just him and God. There, he realized, and as a blind man, he saw the beauties of the gospel. He caught the heavenly vision of what the gospel is and what it's all about. The love of God, the power of God, and how the, Lord, the plan of salvation reaches every soul, and every soul needed it desperately. He caught it. He saw all of that while he was blind. In fact, that gives us a little insight, perhaps, in how far and great a distance we can cover spiritually if we purpose to do so. God is there ready to help us. God was there to help Paul, and oh, what he saw. He saw things while he was blind in those three days he had never saw or realized in his whole life. He caught the heavenly vision. This is what it's all about. This is what really matters. He must have seen the contrast of his self-righteousness, his his pride, his his, uh, lack of compassion, to say the least. That compared to the love and power of God and saw God in his fullness and what it really meant to serve God. What a contrast. He perceived all of that while he was blind. And so this is the, that very contrast and perception is that heavenly, catching that heavenly gospel vision. Now, Then he was told Ananias, a man that represented the kind of people he fought against and tried to put to death, was going to come and pray for him that he had received his sight. When his, when Ananias came and prayed and his eyes were open, what must Ananias look like to him? Compared to how he saw Christians before. Can we only try to imagine when his eyes open and here is beloved Ananias, a man he hated. He was after all of the men and women just like that man. And here he showed up and prayed for him in compassion. I'd like to heard that prayer as he prayed for this man that when the Lord even told Ananias, you go pray for Paul, he said, whoa, I know about that man. So apparently they'd never met each other. Doesn't sound like it, but I know of him. But oh, when they met each other, there was an instant bond. They both had the heavenly gospel vision. What a difference. What a difference 
that makes. Ananias, he looked on him and how he must have seen him. And, you know, this is for, again, not just Paul. Let me read you the 18th verse just before the one we start off to read when he's addressing King Agrippa. And he said, to open their eyes. Whose? Everybody's. To open their eyes and to turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Everyone. That was his gospel message. So when he declared this is the heavenly vision, it was not just some secret thing just he and God had. Though they had plenty of those kind of times between them. But this was for all mankind, and it's something everyone, it's God's will for everyone to catch hold of. What a marvelous thing. Can you imagine what a world would be? Imagine what Portland would be like. People caught a hold of this. Glorious. This is the gospel vision. Yes, there are personal times when God, as people follow God, and for that he'll give them as something special, even visions. You read that in the Bible. But that's for, that's for their purpose, between them and God, for them as they follow God's bidding. We see that in Isaiah. When he was in the temple on the Lord's day, he saw this vision, so to speak, and saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the, the seraphims, and, and saying, holy, 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 and the voice of God himself would shake the doorpost, and he said, whoa, woe is me, I've seen the, I've seen the Lord, and I am unclean, I'm unfit, and I'm, I'm not worthy of this, and, and an angel came and, and touched his, his lips with coal from off the altar, and said, my sin is purged. That was for Isaiah so he could do the Lord's bidding in this heavenly vision. God has a plan for everyone. Isaiah needed that and used that. And then the Lord said, who will go? And he said, I will go. I'll do it. I mean, I've caught a hold of something. This is glorious. I can't hardly explain it. Well, you even, we, we see this even in Peter when the, in his service to God and, and Cornelius, the beloved Cornelius, Italian, centurion that had a band of Italian soldiers under him, and he sought God earnestly. How can I have more? Well, God then, well, he told him to send for Peter, who was staying down there at the seashore with Simon the Tanner. And and Peter wasn't ready to go yet where Paul had gotten here. And uh, so God had to prepare him. So he gave him a vision while he was up on the rooftop praying and lifted down this sheet with all these unclean animals according to what the Jews should partake of in eating. And he said, Lord, and said, rise and eat because he was hungry. He said, oh, no, I can't do that. That's unclean. And he said, don't call anything the guy have made unclean. What would that mean? About that time, a knock on the door from Cornelius' messengers and brought him over there to the Gentiles, all Gentiles, to, to uh, proclaim to them the gospel. And imagine what he thought when... Uh, when Cornelius said, we brought you here, the Lord said, just to listen to you. We're quiet, and here we are. First thing Paul, first thing Peter did is say, the Lord has showed me. God has no respecter of persons. That was for Paul, or for Peter, for his, his worship to the Lord, his service to God. 
But Paul even said in Second Corinthians when he's trying to prove a point of, of keeping focus on what the gospel is, he even said, even shared that something that he couldn't even explain. He was lifted up and in, even in or out of the body. I can't even tell you. I can't explain it, but up, up to the third heaven. But that wasn't, the whole point was that's not my focus. I'll share that a little bit with you, but this, in fact, the fact that he understood that so little, though it was so glorious and beyond him, probably helped him identify and even say what he said in 1 Corinthians 13, where, when he said, now we see through a glass darkly, even with the heavenly vision. The gospel is so glorious, we're only seeing through a glass darkly. But someday, face to face. How important is it to get on board and catch this heavenly vision? The concepts of the gospel. The contrast between the gospel and the world. What it means to really be on the Lord's side. What it really means to feel the urgency in our heart for our own self and when we speak to someone else, like Paul was doing to King Agrippa. And so, yes, we have these times, but... Uh, there, there, uh, Paul was given this incredible heavenly sight for all the wonders of the, the plan of salvation. Now, if we get a hold of this vision, will it make us like Paul? No. But it'll make us the real us. It'll make us the real us that God would have before him and to use to his glory and be filled with the thrill of the gospel. That's each one catching that heavenly vision. And oh, what, what a difference it makes. The joy of the Lord enters people's hearts and they just know this is it. And I just want to do and be about the Lord's business, whatever that means. Paul said, I was not disobedient. Well, what might that mean? Most likely, I did not allow that heavenly vision to become dim. I did not allow it to lose its luster to my soul. I did not allow it to, it, I me mean, to lose my enthusiasm for the gospel. And, and when, when that begins to happen, we have an enemy. And when that begins to happen, well, that affects everything in our life. Everything. But Paul said, I was not disobedient to this, that God has presented to me the fullness of the gospel. You know, made me think when I did get saved, I didn't doubt, I tried to doubt there was something to it, so I didn't, wasn't be bothered, but I was beyond that. I heard way too much. Like, like the, the testimonies you heard. I, I was raised right across the street there and heard testimonies, testimony sermons, but the testimonies were really powerful. And I would look at young Christian young people and I had, I couldn't relate to them. Of course not. Heavenly vision, far from me. And but I, I remember even uh, when I was out of high school and uh, trying to kick up my heels, and a friend of mine says, "Let's get an apartment together. Get off, get out of our houses, our homes, and get our apartment together." So I will start looking. Well, he brought me to a house. He said, "Apartment." I said, "He said I found the perfect one." Where would he? Try? He brought me right around the corner, and I thought, "This is a great." Uh, Townhouse, it would be great, but I thought I'm not telling him why I'm saying no to this. But because that wasn't where I was. Not at all. I couldn't comprehend. I thought 
this was this is the last place area that that I would I would want to be then. But then through the God's grace of conviction and is even causing me to give him make him promises by putting him me in some tough spots. Uh, but the Lord in His mercy brought me in my way like He does you to His great salvation. And what struck me is sometimes I'd heard when I hear testimonies, someone said, "Oh, the trees look greener." I didn't notice the trees were green. But as I look back on it, I was pro- I didn't have a problem with the trees. I enjoyed the trees. I, but the Lord hit me where, right where I had a problem with and I couldn't see right. I was anything but a heavenly vision, a heavenly vision in my sight. But what struck me, in fact, some even said I could feel the, I couldn't feel, you don't know how else to express it, so they were so joyful and lifted the burden that I couldn't feel the floor. My feet touched the floor. I thought, I can still feel the, my feet touch the floor. And so, you know, the enemy's there saying, maybe you're not saved, but whoa, what a contrast. I saw things so different. Two weeks, there were, I got saved the last night of camp. Two weeks without meetings. And I thought, what, I'm different. I am different. I got in my car seven miles away, one way, so that was nothing. I thought, I got in my car, drove over here just to sit in front of the campground. And I just, remember I didn't even want an apartment around there. And I sat there, I, I wasn't looking for anybody to race on the way over and back. I just came over here. No one knew I was around. I just parked in front of the campground and looked through the gates. Thought, oh, I want to go in there. It looked different. I walked into church and the seats looked different where I would sit. I went down and sat next to my brother-in-law right in front. And, and then when the people come out on the platform, the saints of God, the faithful saints of God that would come out, musicians on the choir, uh, I was in the choir and, and they were, the pianists and organists and all, they'd come out on the platform, the ministers, and I thought they just looked like angels. What had happened? And we started to sing those hymns. I thought, well, these songs are beautiful. These words are incredible. It just makes my soul, thrills my heart. I caught a hold of something. Heavenly vision for sure. What a difference. I had no problem with the trees. They'd look the same, but everything I needed to do new vision on, the Lord gave it to me. And you know what? Only the beginning. That's only, only the beginning. When, when, when we seek God, I've sought to be sanctified, sought to receive my baptism. You know, that heavenly vision that He gives you. It's only going to get brighter. It's going to get brighter. And those that were, that were, um, I know you would need hunger. Yes, and you need a focus and all that. But I, I would hear those, uh, that were encouraging me and even especially the young, younger people that were seeking the Lord and they were usually older then. And they, I remember they would use a phrase. It's very important to catch a gospel vision. I knew what that meant. The Lord had saved me. I wouldn't have had a clue what that meant. But it's very important to catch a heavenly gospel vision. Vision of the gospel. 
Just a vision of the gospel in everything it is. And when that happens, that just carries you along. It adds the hunger. It adds the focus because it just carries you along into seeking God further. That heavenly vision. And it gets brighter and brighter. And Paul said, I have not been disobedient to that heavenly vision that God himself opened up to me. Well, uh, yes, the Lord showed Paul. He said, told, told Ananias, he says, I have showed him, I will show him what great things he will suffer for my sake. Because that wasn't so punishment for what he had been. He was in a crucial, pivotal point that God chose in presenting the gospel at the beginning of the gospel dispensation. And he had to have a heavenly vision. He had to have it. And he had it vividly. And yes, the Lord showed him what great things he must suffer. In fact, uh, I'll read that to you just briefly. In uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 27, there's other verses too about this. Of the Jews, he was, he was talking to them to show, not for a, to sh- feel sorry for him. That was nothing to do with it. But the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys, in often, often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren in weariness and painfulness and watchings, often in hunger and thirst and fastings, often cold, often cold and nakedness. My, that's incredible. That's horrendous. It's horrible. But I'm, who of us would say, well, I'm ready for that. Bring it on. Not at all. I will, I'm not ready for one of those. But we all can catch a heavenly gospel vision. We all can do that by God's grace, by God's love. It's amazing what it does as a driving force in drawing us closer to God. It is amazing what it does in standing the trials of life and the bombardments that might come our direction to do with, yes, even the gospel. But oh, what a difference. Paul, uh, none of us would say, I'm ready for that, but we can catch a gospel vision. We can do that. Paul said that's exactly what he wanted everyone to do. Uh, and so, in fact, it made me think of, of this. Uh, uh, late brother Ken Cripps talking so much about his, his father Bill, the Bill. And, uh, and he said, oh, he's, he's such a strong, he's, he's so strong. He says, he said, I told my dad when he was going through such a, a difficult time there in the end and, and he said, you're, you're, Dad, you're so strong in the Lord. And, he, and, and Ken said, you know, what he, you know what he told me? He said, Ken, I'm as weak as water. But he had a heavenly vision. What a difference. And so Ken and I could talk some about that. In fact, one uh, young man that was instrumental in my, my own getting uh, uh, saved, and he was going through a tough time, and he was a lot of... Things were bearing down on him, and he went, they all were just, he was down praying just to seek the Lord, and on top of this thing, I thought, I hope he's going to be just fine, but 
I crossed his path when he was coming from the altar and to see how he's doing. He just took my hand. And he said, the good old gospel. I thought you don't have to say anymore. That said volumes. That said volumes. That's just come out of his soul. The good old gospel. That heavenly gospel vision. What a difference. And what it do does, it just fills in all the gaps. It just takes care of everything. In fact, in closing, I want to read uh, verse 28 and 29. This is talking to King Agrippa still at the end. Then King Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Thrilling but sad. Call of God is faithful, isn't it? And he said, Paul said, this is important. Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but that that God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and all together just as I am, except these bonds he had. Just as I am. Well, this is a man that said, I have have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. He said, everyone needs to be just like, like I am. That was his prayer to King Agrippa. So don't put Paul, as much as he is way out there, that chosen vessel, but don't put him too far out there. Or you're going to miss the vision of the gospel. That heavenly vision. This is what it's all about. Just as I am. Yes, it'll... It'll take care of the questions for you, even at a time when there seems to be few answers. It'll be the answer for everything. Are you saved? Do you know you're saved? That's important, just to know we are saved. What a difference. That's very important. Has the light of God's light shone down upon us, around our surroundings, and everything that we've been concerned about? Say, Lord, shine down, shine on me. Shine down upon me and my needs, and the Lord is so faithful. Yes, asking God for exactly what Paul was talking about for herself is a good prayer. God is so faithful to every one of us. God has, he has answers to every one of our prayers this very night. We thank God we can close this part of the service. We'll stand and sing. You're invited to come forward and pray where you are. God bless you as you do.